But uh, I do have some things on my heart, and I want to read uh, a few verses tonight. I'm going to read one verse as my text, and we'll be getting into a few more verses. But open your Bible to the book of Deuteronomy. How many's read the book of Deuteronomy lately? Amen. I love that. I love that book. Amen. Deuteronomy. How many knows what Deuteronomy means? It means the second giving of the law. Second giving of the law. A new generation's getting ready to go into the promised land. And um, the generation that came out of Egypt has died off because of unbelief. And um, uh, this new generation's getting ready to go in the promised land. And so um, God is, is, is giving them the law and he's renewing the covenant with them and giving them the law, uh, this new generation, the law. And you know what's amazing? That none of it changed from the first time he gave it 40 years before until he's given it to them now. It still stayed the same. That ought to tell us something right there, amen, that the word of God doesn't change. But anyway, in Deuteronomy, Chapter 29, and I'm going to read the last verse tonight, um, and then we will give you a little background here and show you where we're going with this tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29. I have um, um, referenced this verse of Scripture many times in my ministry. I've, I've leaned on it myself, and I've told others, uh, quoted it to other people. But here's what this verse says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, and we're going to get into kindly what it means here in just a moment. But it says this, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the works of this law. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever. And I want to I talk to you on that thought tonight, the secret things of the Lord, or the secret and the revealed things. Father, bless your word tonight, the teaching, preaching of your word, minister to us, strengthen us tonight through the message. Help me to preach to teach, to minister under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I will thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. This was a very exciting time and a very uncertain time for the people of Israel, for God's people. Because it was an exciting time. Because the, um, the time of wandering in the wilderness was now over. And they were finally on the verge of entering into the promised land. It had been a long stretch, and they had wandered in that wilderness for some 40 years. And, uh, but now they're on the brink. It's time for them to go into the promised land. But however, the man who had led them from Egypt was now nearing the end of his life. Moses knew that he was not going to be allowed to enter the land with them. And so, uh, because, you know, he had disobeyed the Lord at one point, and the Lord told Moses because he did not honor him in front of the people and, um, uh, but smote the rock twice instead of speaking to it. You all remember that story. But he had dishonored the Lord and, um, and uh, so God told him he wasn't going to get to lead the people into 
the promised land. That was going to be Joshua's, um, Joshua's assignment to do that. And so Moses knew that he was not going to be able to go into the land with the people of Israel. I know it was a sad time for him. He was going to die very soon, but we read here in these chapters the final instructions that God had given to the people of Israel through Moses that he'd given to the people of Israel in chapter 28, 29, 30. And uh, so in these chapters and in these verses, Moses had warned of their rebellion and disobedience and captivity that would that, that disobedience would bring to them in the future. God is, is speaking to them, and if you want to take time to read these chapters uh, at your own leisure when you get home, but, but um, God was letting them know that in the future, if they were to disobey and to rebel against the Lord, that they would be driven out of the promised land, that they would be taken into captivity, and uh, here they are, not yet even entered into the land of promise, and God is already revealing to them that, that they're going to be removed from it should they disobey the Lord. And what God was giving to them and sharing with them was kind of hard for them co to comprehend at this particular time because they're ready to move in to the promised land. They, you know, man, they're, they're, they're ready to conquer uh, the land of Canaan and enjoy the promises and blessings of God. They're not thinking about, at this point, rebelling against the Lord or being driven out of the land. They're thinking about conquering the land. And so what the Lord was telling them here was a little bit hard for them to comprehend. Those were the secret things that belonged to God. There were some things that, that they just simply couldn't understand that God knew and that God was telling them about, but they just couldn't comprehend or couldn't understand. How many has ever been there? Some things that you just didn't get or didn't understand. But there were some things though that, that the Lord said to them that were things that were revealed that they could understand and that they could rejoice in. I've learned a long time ago not to fret or worry about the things that we don't understand but just to rejoice in the things that we do understand, the things that we do know and the things that we can comprehend because there's gonna be a lot of things, a lot of times in life that things happen that you don't, you don't understand. You can't get it. You can't figure it out. Amen? And so that's kindly where they were at. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, the next chapter, the first three verses deal with their return, the people of Israel's return to Canaan after their captivity. And what God was speaking to them in chapter 30, those first three verses, was something that was going to take place hundreds of years in the future. And he says, uh, now all in verse uh, one of chapter 30, he says, now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I've set before you, and you call them to mind among the nations where the Lord your God drives you. So he's talking about them being driven out of the land, going into captivity before it ever even happens, hundreds of years before it happens. And he says, and you return to the Lord your God and you obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children with all your heart and with all your soul, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity 
and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. You know, isn't it good to know that God, even though in times of chastening, um, that he's still compassionate and he will still bless and turn us and bring us back to where we need to be if we're repentant, if we have a repentant heart, amen? So he tells them this and what, what God is saying to them here, absolutely uh, none of this makes any sense to them at all. They don't understand it, um, but yet these were promises from God of what he was going to do for them. Now, this passage that we've read to you here tonight and we've looked at and uh, tried to explain a little bit of what it's about, this passage, these verses deal exclusively with Israel, with the people of Israel. But there are some practical applications, I believe, in, this, um, in these chapters, in this passage for you and I here tonight. Because there are some things about God, as I've said, that we cannot understand and there are some things about the Lord that we will never know until we get to heaven. Amen? Right now, Paul said that in 1 Corinthians that we're looking through a glass darkly. But then we'll see face to face. When that which is perfect is come, then we will understand and comprehend everything that we don't understand now. Amen? Old song we used to sing that says, Farther along... We'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. But then he says, cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine because we'll understand it all by and by. Can I get an amen? So we must not allow the things that we don't know and don't understand, we must not allow those things to hinder us in our walk with God because there is enough that we do know that can keep us rejoicing, can keep us on the right path, can keep us on the right road, doing the will of the Lord and enjoying the blessings of God in our life. And those are the things that we need to focus on. We're not supposed to be focused on the secret things that we can't figure out or that we can't understand. And you know, if the enemy can get us into that place where we're always dwelling on things that we can't figure out and can't understand and always asking God why. I, I, you know, I taught on it here on Wednesday night a couple of years ago probably about, you know, asking God why. It's okay to ask God why something happens, but if he doesn't give you an answer, don't sit there and focus on it continually and continually to fret on it. It's one of those secret things that you just don't know, but put your faith and your confidence and your trust in the things that you do know and what has been revealed. There's a whole book here, a whole Bible full of things and promises that God has revealed to you and to I. And that's the things, those are the things that we need to focus on and rejoice in tonight, all right? Amen, are you with me? Now, now, now the Lord speaks to them in chapter 30. And I'm gonna jump down to uh, verse number nine and in chapter 30. And uh, God speaks to them concerning his provision for them. And he says this in verse number nine, the Lord your God will make you abound. Now here's a promise that he gives to his people. And he says, the Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hands, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, 
and in the produce of your land for good, for the Lord will again rejoice over you for good. Now notice this sovereign promise that God makes to his people and the enormity of this promise because here God is telling them this is something that I am revealing to you that I want you to understand. And that is that he will be a God that will provide for them what they need in their life and in their walk with him, amen. He said, I will make you abound in the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your land for good, for the Lord will again rejoice over you for good. This is talking about after he has brought them back from captivity and brought them back into the land. What an awesome promise that he makes to them. He promises to bless the fruit of their hands. He promises to bless their bodies. He promises to bless their cattle and uh, the land that he brings them back into. In other words, God has promised to his people here after they've failed him, after they have been taken into captivity, but then repented, been restored and brought back into the land of promise, he has promised them prosperity and blessing and abundance in their life. He's promised that every area of their life will be blessed. Every area of their life will be blessed. I love the 28th chapter. We won't take time to read that, but in that 28th chapter of Deuteronomy Verse 1 through 14, the first 14 verses of that chapter, God gives the blessings of obedience to his law. And he said, if you'll obey me, if you'll do what I've commanded you to do, he said, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bless you coming in and bless you going out and bless you in the city and bless you in the field. And he said, all these blessings are gonna come upon you and overtake you. In Deuteronomy 28 and 11, he said, and the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the fruit of your womb, in the fruit of your livestock, in the fruit of your ground, within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Now, now listen, I'm not up here tonight preaching to you a, a gospel of, of health and wealth and pro, the prosperity gospel that's being propagated uh, in the church world today, that God is going to make, you can, you, you can have enough faith that God's going to make you rich and wealthy and a millionaire and you're never gonna have to worry about how, you know, anything, you're gonna have all kinds of money. I'm not preaching that tonight, but, but I am saying this, I do know enough about the word of God to know this, and I have lived for the Lord long enough to know this, that God does bless his people and that it does pay, it does pay to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? There is a blessing in living for God. You may never be rich uh, in the things of this world, but I'm telling you what, he will bless you and make you rich in the things of the spirit and he will take care of you and bless your life. Can I get an amen tonight? It does pay to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. There are a lot of things that I don't understand. There are some things that I will never know, but I do know this. I do know that God will bless those that put him first and who seek him and who live for 
honor him and who serve him, the Lord will bless their lives. Amen. I do know this. I do know that David said, I have been young and now I am old and I have not seen the righteous forsaken and I have not seen his children begging for bread. I do know that God, that's one thing that has been revealed. The Lord will take care of his people. Can I get an amen tonight? Well, praise the Lord. Couple of hand claps, that's okay. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. It's true. It's true. That doesn't mean, now listen to me, that doesn't mean that we'll never see any trouble, have any problems. It doesn't mean, as I said, that you're going to be a multimillionaire. I'm praying God save a millionaire here and put him right here in Abundant Life Family Church. Glory to God, amen. I'd be happy if God made all of you millionaires. That'd be fine as long as you're tithing. <laughs> amen. But that doesn't mean, what I'm talking about here in God's provision doesn't mean that you won't ever see any trouble or that you won't have or ever have a bad time. We're talking about trials on Wednesday night. So, you know, come and listen to those lessons. But, uh, but it does mean, it does mean uh, that God will provide for his own. He will take care of you. Amen. Praise God. So you need to believe that. That's one of the things that he's revealed to us. So you need to believe that, stand upon that, act upon that, and trust the Lord to take care of your life. Amen? So there's the provision of God. That's one of the things, and we could we go on and on with this, but that's one of the things that God has promised to you and I is his provision. This is something that's been revealed. I think I may have quoted that scripture this morning, maybe during offering time, but you know, in, in Matthew 6, Jesus said, Jesus said that if you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things will be added to you. Isn't that what he said? He said you won't have to worry about, and he even said not to worry, not to take anxious thought, not to be fretful or, or full of, of, of anxiety and saying, what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna wear? What are we gonna live? How are we gonna make it? He said, don't do that. All of those are things that the Gentiles or the even seek after. But he said, here's what you do. You seek first God. You seek first the kingdom of God. You put God first in your life and he will take care of you. All these other things will be provided for you. Do you believe it tonight? You know, that's one of the promises of giving and of giving of our tithe and offering. And I wasn't intending to get off on tithing, but when you tithe and when you give to the Lord, he's given you the promise that he will provide for your needs, amen? He will bless you. And so I'm talking about the blessings of the Lord, the provision of the Lord, one of the things that has been revealed. But number two, secondly, there's something else that God reveals here in this passage of Scripture. And he talks here in verse 10. Look at verse 10. He says in verse 10, If you obey the voice of the Lord your God, now that's something key right there. If you obey the voice of 
of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law. And if you turn to the Lord, here's what I was just saying. And if you turn to the Lord your God, listen to it, with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Are you with me? Obey him, keep his commandments, turn to him with all your heart, with all your soul. Here God is is revealing something to his people. He's revealing to them the significance of his word in their lives. Now he's just talked to them about how that he would provide for them, that he would bless them if if they would serve him. But now he's given them a little bit of a key into a little bit deeper area of this and talking about how that how that the word of God plays an important role in the blessings of God in their lives. Now, are you, are you with me? Because this is so vitally important tonight. He reveals here that the word of God would serve as their guide, as the guide for their life and for their existence. Israel, under the old covenant, was obligated to live according to the word of God. And can I tell you something tonight here at Abundant Life Family Church that we as well are called to live our lives according to the precepts that are laid down in the word of God. That has not changed at all. We're not under Old Testament law. We're under the New Testament. But even in this new covenant, there are commands that are given in the new covenant. There are precepts that are laid down. The Bible tells us and that the word of God is a book that teaches us how that we are to live and conduct ourselves for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now God goes on here. Moses goes on to tell them the Lord does through Moses how the word of God, look at verse 11. Now he shows some things about the word of God. In verse 11, he says, For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you. Now, some people think that it is. Nor is it far off. What does he mean by that? He says it's not too, that's the New King James, he said it's not too mysterious for you. The ESV said it's not too hard for you. And the Hebrew, actually the Hebrew word translated mysterious means to be beyond one's power, to be, to be something difficult to do or difficult to understand. Now, now listen to this. God is talking to his people about his word and about them keeping his word. And he says to them, I'm not asking you to do something that's too hard for you to do or something that's secret and you can't figure it out or it's too mysterious for you. What I'm telling you to do, you are capable of understanding what I'm saying to you. Amen. When, you know, when God talks to us, he just tells it to us the way that it is. Amen. God's word, he said, was not hidden from them. It was revealed. This is something that he had revealed. Listen, God revealed his will to his people. 
It wasn't something mysterious. It wasn't something that they, that they, that they didn't know. Or it wasn't something that was difficult for them to understand. But God's word was open, open to them. And it was to be shared. And it was to be embraced. And it was to be obeyed. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the same way with you and I here tonight. All of us here at Abundant Life Family Church. The word of God. Now listen to me. The word of God, the Bible, is not a mystery. Get that out of your thinking and get that out of your mind. It's not hidden to us. It's, it's not something that we cannot figure out or understand. And I hear people say this. Well, I, you know, as a pastor, people say this. Well, I just don't understand the Bible. I just don't understand it. Pick it up, open it up, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and to teach you and to give you understanding and start reading it. And don't worry about the part you don't understand, but put into practice in your life the part that you do understand. Amen? It's not a mystery. It's easy. It's what God says he meant what he said, and he said what he meant. Amen? He's not giving us something that, that we can't figure out or understand. He has revealed his word to us and we as believers tonight are obligated. We're obligated. I told you a guy sat in my office here a few years ago, a couple years ago, and he said, I don't like rules. Well, you're in the wrong place. The Bible's full of it. Amen. We are obligated, number one, to know the word of God. We are obligated. Listen, God's gonna hold you. We're not gonna be able to stand before the Lord and say, oh, that was wrong. I didn't know that. You can't plead ignorance because he's given you his word and he expects you and I to know it. He expects us to embrace it. He expects us to live by it. He expects us to obey it. Can I get an amen? amen? Glory to God. The word of God is given to us. Look what he says in verse 12. Verse 12 and 13, he says, he's still talking about the word of God in their lives. And he says this, he said, it's not in heaven that you should say who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. What's he saying there? God is saying to them that the word of God was not locked away somewhere in a vault in heaven and they didn't have any access to it that they couldn't get to it. He said, he was saying, it's not somewhere over way on the other side of the ocean where it's out of your reach that you can't get to it. See, they were not a people with whom God had not communicated. They had been given his word. They had been given his precepts. They had been, they were the privileged, the privileged nation to be given the oracles of almighty God. They had his word. It was in their midst and the word of God was readily accessible to them. He said, you know, and listen, Paul quoted these very verses 
verses in Romans chapter 10 when he said, don't say of the word of God that it's way off in heaven or it's way off somewhere. But he said, Paul said, the word is nigh you in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith which we preach. That's what he said. So this is a New Testament principle as well. Ain't nobody liking this tonight, I don't think. See, we're so blessed tonight because we have, we have unhindered access Amen. to the Word of God. And that's what the Lord was saying to Israel. There was a time in the Dark Ages the Word of God was locked up yeah. and was locked away. And nobody had a Bible and nobody knew the truth. But oh, thank God, it's not that way today. That shouldn't be near the, the power of darkness in, in control that there is today with, with the accessibility that we have to the Word of God. We are the most blessed nation on the face of this earth tonight regarding the Word of God because, uh, listen, we have an abundance of the Scripture here in the United States of America. We are blessed beyond belief tonight because we have unhindered access to the word of Almighty God. I believe probably everybody here has a Bible. If you don't have a, a physical copy, you probably have an iPad or a smart device and you have access to the word of God. Some people say, well, I can't read too good. You have access on your smartphone to audio Bibles that you can plug in your, ear, your headphones and listen to to the scriptures all the time. What am I saying tonight? I'm saying that the Bible is not locked up somewhere. It's not being kept from us, but God has given us access to it. What a privilege we have. What an opportunity we have to read it and to hear it taught. And how many Christians flaunt that opportunity when they have an opportunity on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, to come and hear the word of God and to fellowship around God's word. God is saying, I want you to hear what the Spirit is saying to his church. Amen? And listen, the Lord will hold you and I accountable. He will hold us accountable for neglecting his word. And so that old excuse, I don't understand it so I just don't read it. That won't hold water with God. Just won't. Amen. He said that, verse 14, he said, the word is near you. And again, this verse was quoted by Paul. He said, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. Two places the word must be. Two places, he said, that the word needs to be. In, in your heart and in your mouth. You need to have it in your heart and you need to be talking about it all the time. I, I have a hard time carrying on conversations about a lot of things I, you know, that I'm just not interested in or a lot of things that I'm not, um, I'm not well versed in. But you get somebody striking up a conversation about the Bible, about the Word of God, I, I, I'll get right in there, amen? But God's revealing the blessing that we have to having the Word of God in our mouth and in our heart. The word 
God was saying to them the Word of God would make a difference in their life and that it would bring about a change in their life. It would bring conviction to them. It would bring guidance to them. It does the same thing today. Amen? If they lost everything else in life, the Word of God is something that they can't take out of your heart. They can take it away from you, your physical possession, but if you have hidden that Word in your heart, they can never take the Word of God out of your heart. I am so glad tonight for the power of the written Word of God, the spoken Word of God. Amen? We talked about this morning Jesus being the living Word, and we mentioned a little bit about the Bible being the written Word, but that written Word is also a living Word. Paul said it in Hebrews 4 and 12. He said the word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. But listen to what else he said about the word of God. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Let me tell you something tonight, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible is the only book that will read you while you're reading it. Oh, come on, somebody. I think that's the reason a lot of people say, well, I don't understand it, so I'm not going to read it. No, it's not the, the, the fact that they don't understand it. But while you're reading it, it will read you. The Bible is the only book that can get down on the inside of you and will discern the very intents of your heart. It will convict you. It will let you know if you're wrong about something. The Word of God will strengthen you. The Word of God will guide you. Come on, amen. It speaks to us in powerful ways. It speaks to us in precious ways. Thank God for the Word of Almighty God. That is where we get the things that are revealed to us is through His Holy Word. There's too many people today, especially in the Pentecostal ranks, and I've mentioned this before. They're going here and they're going there and they're going yonder trying to get a word. Somebody to prophesy. And there's places in this area you can go and they will prophesy over you. They've been to prophecy school. They've been taught how to prophesy. That's the biggest bunch of nonsense I ever heard in my life. Yes, it is a bunch of hooey. My mom used to call it malarkey. She said I was full of it. But they're looking for somebody to prophesy over them and somebody to give them, speak into their life. And then they'll call me sometimes and say, I got this prophecy, what does this mean? Well, don't ask me, I didn't ask for it. <laughs> Praise God. You got it, you figure it out. That's what I feel like saying. I'm not against the gift of prophecy when it's used in the right way. Amen? But I am against um, self-proclaimed prophets, quote unquote, that, that uh, are always trying to tell people, speak into people's lives. Listen, we've got a more sure word of prophecy, Peter said, and uh, that is the word of Almighty God. That's the word of God. Amen. So the Bible, listen to what, listen to what uh, the wise man Solomon said. So what I meant to say, what I aimed to say was, if you need guidance, don't seek it from a prophet. Seek, get the Bible down 
and ask God to give you wisdom and guidance and direction. And he will do that from the word of God. Proverbs 4 and 20, listen to it. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Oh, listen to that. Give attention to it. Incline your ear to it to hear it. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Listen, verse 22 says, For they, what? The words of God. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Man, what a promise that we have that the word of God will bring into our lives. The word of God will bring into our lives, okay? All right, let's, let's finish this up. I'm going to read two verses here, and then we'll close with this. <clears throat> Verse number 15, and I didn't put those in my notes, so I'm going to go to them here. Verse number 15 and verse number 19. We're in Deuteronomy 30. Verse number 15, here's what the Lord says to them. After he's told them that the word is near them in their mouth, in their heart, that they may do it, verse 14, then he says this. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. And he repeats it, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you you and your descendants may live. Do you see the choice that's laid out before the people of Israel and that choice that God sets before every one of us. We have the freedom to choose and to make our choices, good or bad, right or wrong. But here's the thing, you, God tells us, He tells us which one to choose. He said, I've set before you life and death. He said, I've set before you good and evil. I've set before you blessing and cursing. So here's what I'm gonna give you. God says, I'm gonna give you a hint. Choose life so that you can live. Choose the word of God. Choose the ways of the Lord. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. God wasn't going to force himself upon them. They had the, the, they had the ability that God had gave them to choose evil or good. They could choose righteousness or sin. They could choose blessings or cursings or life or death. And God was not going to force them to choose, but he did give them the opportunity to choose and to choose they must. But can I tell you, God has given us the same opportunity. Listen to me tonight. We God wouldn't permit them to have it both ways and God will not permit us today to have it both ways. We can't have the good and the bad or a little of the good and a little of the bad. We can't walk a little bit on the broad way and a little bit on the narrow way. There's only two ways and we get got to get on the one or on the other. Come on, say amen tonight. Hallelujah. We have got the same obligation, the same opportunity, 
There are two paths that are set before us that we must choose. And God reveals to them in this, this, this revelation of the choice that they make, He then reveals to them in that 16th verse the command that He gives them. And He said, I command you to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep His commandments, to keep His statutes and His judgments. See, they were commanded to love Him, to walk with Him, to honor Him through the obedience to His Word. And that is what is expected of us today, of you and I tonight. There is no other way. And listen though to the consequences. If they would obey the Lord, if they would walk with Him and love Him and cleave to Him, He said in that 16th verse, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Let me tell you something tonight, church. Serving the Lord, serving the Lord would not be and will not be without benefit. Because of their loyalty, God promised blessing upon their life. And I'm gonna tell you, if we will be loyal and faithful to the Lord of glory tonight, He will bless our life. Can I get an amen tonight? <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. He's the God of mercy. He's the God who desires to bless His people. But He will not tolerate and condone sin in any of our lives. Can I get an amen? There's some things that we don't understand. There's some things that are the secret things of the Lord. But thank God, I'm gonna focus on the things that have been revealed and let God bless my life the way he wants to. Can I get an amen tonight? Let's stand to our feet. Listen to me, saints. If you want to experience God in ways that you've never imagined, let me tell you, let me tell you the key, the secret thing of the Lord here. Just make him your priority and your passion. If you'll commit yourself to loving God as he desires, then you'll know the presence of God in a greater more wonderful, more blessed way than you could ever imagine. God has blessings for His people that we never dreamed about. I, I, shared, I shared with our um, prayer group yesterday, a little devotional, and uh, from the book of Psalms, where <clears throat> the Lord said, or David said, the psalmist said, open your mouth wide. God said, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And the picture of that is, and I've heard, I've heard people preach that in different ways. I've heard preachers preach it, well, just open your mouth wide and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. I've heard them say, well, you know, just get up to preach Open your mouth wide and God will fill it. Now, you've got to have something in the basket first. But what the picture of that is, <clears throat> open your mouth wide and I will fill it. God was, saying, God was saying, ask largely of me. Ask me, open your mouth wide and ask me for big things. And I'll fill it. I'll do it. It's the picture of a nest of little baby birds sitting there. You, you've all seen that picture, hadn't you? 
their mouth open wide and mama comes into that nest with that big old juicy night crawler. Amen. <laughs> and stands over them and their mouth is open wide because they want mama to fill their mouth with some good things. Well, I'm telling you tonight that God is saying to his church, it's time for you. I'm revealing it to you. I want you to open up wide and ask me for big things and great things. And one of the references that my Bible had from that verse of scripture uh, to the New Testament was um, Ephesians 3.20 how it says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think he's saying open your mouth wide I want to provide I want to bless I want to heal I want to save I want to do great things for you I've revealed that to you amen don't worry about the things you don't understand focus on the things that I've revealed in my word and ask largely and trust me and believe me to do great and mighty things which you know not. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and